Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to talk to you about some Colorado Rockies baseball today, and we are indeed doing that. Welcome to the offseason. Congratulations, I guess, to the Houston Astros, but no, we're not doing any of that. We're not doing that. This is a Rockies show here, and there's actual news today. Can't remember the last time I actually got to begin an offseason with news other than the Rockies have retained a couple of their players, which that stuff's good too. Last year, well, <laughs> last year was a little different for me, but there was news at the right the, the, at the very beginning of CJ Crone and Antonio Sensatella signings pretty much right away, right? But those are like, not, not at all changes, right? We've got some changes here, not massive ones, not big, huge, earth-shattering changes, but today I get to talk about a trade and a couple of coaching changes. And while they aren't huge, I, I, I think it's important to kind of recognize more evolution and shifting from the Colorado Rockies here. They've look, they're never going to be a franchise that makes the big, huge, dramatic change in the opposite direction, right? So that's why we do have to look at a lot of these these smaller things and say, is this it's obviously not going to save the franchise any of this stuff or or single-handedly turn them in the right direction, but does it start to push them? in a better direction, right? I'm going to begin with the trade because this one I think is going to be on a personal level, very difficult for a lot of people. Sam Hilliard goes out. Dylan Spain comes in. Sam Hilliard had become a little bit of a, of a fan favorites around here. Now, obviously he had struggled at the big league level to consistently hit. And we talked a lot about him throughout his tenure as a minor leaguer. He had become kind of a guy I identified early going out to Grand Junction in those days um, and, and who are now the Jackalopes, by the way. Congratulations to the rebranding of the Grand Junction Jackalopes. But when they were still affiliated with the Rockies and I would go out and see the minor leaguers in their first professional baseball competition, a lot of times I would go to see the the top draft pick of any given year, John Gray or Brendan Rogers, And, you know, I believe it was the Brendan Rogers or the Kyle Freeland here I was out there to to see one of those guys, you know, and Sam Hilliard wasn't a thing, right? He was the 15th round draft pick. There was nothing on my scorecard. There was nothing if I had watched all the coverage of the draft that I could drink up from all the different sites that do it and, and the people that like over at Purple Row where they really dive deep into the Rockies draft and and do their rankings of like 30 prospects deep, right? I drink all that stuff up and still wouldn't have heard a word about Sam Hilliard, right? I was just out there watching the games and, and here strolls out this and now you've all seen him, right? So you can imagine when at rookie level, some of these guys are 17, 18 years old. Some of them are in the United States for the first time or they're fresh out of high school. And here comes this guy who's six foot five, six foot six, you know, and, and he was not even like rail thin back then. A lot of those guys, you know, he was, you know, he's he never been a huge guy, but it's this big guy. And you saw immediately how well he could move. So, of course, he's going to catch your eye because he's huge and he's a fantastic athlete. I happen to see him and uh, I've talked to him about this in interviews that have been recorded and are out there in the world about uh, a home run derby that he did out there in Grand Junction. That was incredibly impressive, right? The guy clearly, the power stroke, the speed, the defensive ability, the athleticism, 
all of it there. And so you thought, yeah, if this guy can put a few things together, he might be able to figure out a way to get his way up to the big leagues. And and he started to do it, right? He he managed to produce. So despite the fact that he was never a top prospect, never a high draft pick, never really gained much of a national profile, around here there was there were these whispers of, man, the Rockies have this super athlete who just keeps doing this stuff. But of course, the one big worrying thing about the profile was always the strikeouts, right? And I said it, you said it, we all said it. Hey, everybody strikes out these days. Striking out a whole lot is that that's a part of the game. And it is. And there are certain guys who've managed to make it work as a part of their profile. But those guys walk a lot more. And when they do make contact, they they make sure that it gets out of the park or into the gap. And it just wasn't, panning out for Sam Hilliard. And it's really a bummer because it would have been, you know, in addition to the great story, of course, of the, you know, the long shot draft pick, there's all the things that happened with him and his dad and the ALS stuff. And and that is another way in which he became, you know, a part of the, the Rockies family here. And they were very supportive with him and then helping his family uh, make all of that much bigger part of the Major League Baseball story and of getting Lou Gehrig's day and all of those kinds of things, right? And so, you know, and he, he had a few moments as a big leaguer. There was the the big home run off of Josh Hader that really screwed up the, the end of the season for the Brewers, right? And there was, uh, you know, some... He had that sort of final month of the season... Uh, that year in general, and and he had a few moments where you thought this guy is going to put it together and make it happen, but he never really did, and he got caught up in a weird kind of Rockies roster bloat right now. As much as the Rockies don't have enough talent to compete, they do have a lot of guys who are either Definitely big leaguers or probably big leaguers, but not star players who are just right around either on the roster already or in AAA waiting to come up. A lot of these guys are outfielders as well. And I talked about it before when we did the Brandon Nimmo show, right? That whether it was Hilliard or Connor Joe or even maybe Jonathan Daza, if Nimmo does come in, right? There's... All of those guys could go somewhere else and figure it out. And of course, you know, there's that possibility, though I don't think a huge one. There's the possibility that Sam goes to Atlanta and he does finally put it all together. And we're going to be frustrated and everyone's going to be saying, look again, the Rockies are idiots. They let go of this guy. And, and he turned into a really good player somewhere else. And it's because their coaching and their development is so terrible that they couldn't figure it out. But no, to me, you can't. You can't count a a 15th round pick making it all the way to the bigs and and almost really carving out a a spot for himself. But then letting him go at 28 or 29 when he's still striking out over 30% of the time. Uh, Again, if he, if I'll eat my words and I'll come back and say, hey, you know, it was a huge mistake that the Rockies didn't hang on to this guy if it pans out for him in Atlanta. But if he stays in AAA in that organization all year next year, you know, I think it should be recognized that the Rockies did about as well with him uh, as they could have. And ultimately, when you look at the roster, as we've said a lot of times, they need to 
get some of this position player bloat of, dare I say, quadruple A players or major league average players even off of the roster and bring in players, even if they're of that same general caliber, who are pitchers because they have too many pitchers on their roster who aren't even major league caliber or quadruple A, right? They're they're triple A players trying to hang at the big league level or they're putting up triple A player type of production. They need better pitching is what I'm saying. (laughs) They need guys who can pitch better. Now, is Dylan Spain going to be one of those guys? Hard to say. Uh, You know, he doesn't have much of a minor league profile yet. He was a 10th round pick. He's 24 right-handed thrower. Uh, He's six foot six, 205. So he's a big guy, but not a huge profile. Really, like I said, he, he spent... All of his first year basically injured, uh, drafted last year, like I said, in the 10th round. A little bit of complex league, a little bit of A ball, a little bit of high A ball, but he only got uh, 16.2, 17.2 innings pitched uh, all of 2021. So we basically have a, a 56 inning sample size from this last season to go on. He's at high A ball at 24, which, you know, he was drafted at 23, and then it doesn't look like he was especially healthy, so hard to say how much of that was his fault. And the numbers here don't allow us to be conclusive about anything. The 530 ERA is obviously not exciting for a guy who's got some age at the high A level, though not a ton of experience in pro ball yet. You don't love the 530 ERA. A 482 FIP suggests, okay, maybe a little bit of bad defense and bad luck behind him a 407 x fip adding to that a little bit okay okay maybe and and then you get into the peripherals and you see some numbers you really like a 9.4 i'm sorry a 9.64 strikeout per nine rate that's pretty too very good right maybe not elite elite would be over 10 but 964 you're getting there and a very good 2.09 walk rate per nine innings. So the strikeout to walk rate was really nice this last year. Uh, He pitched in 36 games. He picked up seven saves. Uh, So so he's got a little bit of experience closing out uh, some ball games. You you see, again, the inflated ERA, uh, relief pitching. We know how sometimes that can happen. And, and, you know, it's just a couple of good outings and, and you can bring it down quite a bit. But the strikeout-to-walk numbers are exciting. He did give up a lot of home runs, 1.77 home runs per nine. So that clearly, again, in a limited sample size, one season of relief pitching at the high A level. So again, this guy is also going to be kind of far away. You're not sure you've got anything here, right? The long and short of it is Dylan Spain may never reach the big leagues, but he also might and he fulfills a far more important role in as an organizational need being a right-handed pitcher with some good strikeout stuff who doesn't walk too many people whose biggest problem appears to be occasionally for too occasionally leaving the ball over the middle of the plate and and having the home run hit off of him right which also suggests to me that he's not scared which is which is a good thing too so it's all about you know missing the barrel a little bit more uh, and and playing to his strengths but We'll see, again, the same way you wouldn't necessarily expect Sam Hilliard as a 15th round pick to make it all the way to the bigs. You wouldn't necessarily expect this guy as a 10th round pick uh, 
to make it. But we know that, that many of them do, right? It, it, it all comes down to those handful of little things that that make a difference. But here the Rockies have managed to clear out a little bit of space to make sure that they don't have too much glut at outfielders who they're kind of curious about, right? A lot of those guys right now on the roster. Uh, well, now there's one fewer of them, and it, and it is too bad that, again, there's a lot of reasons why he was a fan favorite from his story to his athleticism and all of those things. But I do think it's fair to look at the body of work he's put together and say, you know, if we're deciding which of these guys do we think has the less chance to, to kind of help us stabilize our team. Uh, and also he's somebody who, quite frankly, they did give plenty of opportunity in the last two years to to go out there and get it done. And, you know, and, and he didn't just struggle at the big leagues when he would go down, you know, he would continue to strike out and not really put up very good numbers in the minors. And so it's hard to ask the Rockies to continue to, uh, you know, give Sam Hilliard those big league chances when they've got other players who I think have earned them at the very least just as much. And one final thing I'll say on that, uh, and a little slight cross plug over on my uh, Patreon page, I did a review of the TV show on Hulu, Welcome to Wrexham, the one where Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney bought a Welsh football club, believe it or not. And there's a, a really great scene where a player ends up getting cut. And, you know, a lot of times we think of, this is like a really sad thing or it's got to feel bad. It's got to be frustrating to hear that, that you're getting cut. But this guy had basically, because of an acquisition they had made earlier in the season, become a bench player. And he believed he was too... And in soccer, man, football, uh, you know, that's really tough because you might not play at all. Or if you do, you might only come in for the final 10 minutes of the game or whatever. And so, you know, he was really frustrated because he believed he was good enough to be an everyday player and so did they they just didn't have a position for him and at one point they just cut him loose and it's actually a really happy meeting he's super happy about it they say look we know the situation you deserve to start and we can't start you so we're gonna let you go and everyone's really happy about it and they shake hands and he drives off and he goes and he gets signed by some other team you know and and sometimes that ends up being the case and I, I think that was the case here for Hilliard a little bit I think because of you know, guys like Michael Tolia coming up now, Zach Veen right around the corner. We just saw some good stuff from Sean Bouchard. You know, you're hoping Chris Bryant's going to be a bit more healthy. If you do go out and sign, especially if you go out and sign like a Brandon Nimmo or something, uh, then, or Aaron Judge, right? No. Um, <laughs> lol. Uh, then, then there really weren't going to be at-bats for Sam. And... Sticking him back in a triple-A system in an organization where he wasn't playing well there either. You know, maybe he needs a change of scenery and he will figure it out. And if he doesn't figure it out, the Rockies really need pitching more than they need toolsy outfielders. And that's just, you know, the the cold business side of it, right? But they, they do need to do more deals like this, quite frankly. Um, because they have a few more of these guys who are... I'll use the term again, sort of quadruple-A players or, or guys who can hang at the big leagues, but you don't feel like are really pushing you forward as a ball club. And they're, they play, they're position players. And you need pitchers. At its very basic level, this is a good trade for the Colorado Rockies, even if 
you know, Dylan Spain doesn't turn out to be anything and Hilliard kind of gets it together and has a decent little career in Atlanta or whatever, right? Like it's still better for the Rockies right now to be moving out these position players who haven't proven themselves to be difference makers and bringing in some pitchers, even just on the hope that they might be difference makers someday. Uh, the other thing that, of course, we've got to talk about real quickly are the two most recent coaching changes slash updates. We had heard before that Stu Cole was going to be moving away from his position at third base, staying in the organization, moving down into the minors uh, to focus even more on some of the like day-to-day things that Stu Cole does. And this is one of those interesting things too, right? Like a, a lot of these coaches... I have a lot of different roles. We think of Stu Cole most often as the guy who stands over at third base and decides whether or not to wave the runner home or not. And we tend to judge third base coaches almost entirely off of that, right? But Stu Cole had really important roles in terms of general base running, helping guys learn how to you know steal bases, go first to third, things like that. And a lot of defense stuff, a lot of infield defense stuff. And that's something that's really come out as the Rockies keep churning these players into gold glove caliber players. Whether you're talking about back with Nolan Arenado, Ryan McMahon, now Brandon Rogers, DJ LeMayhew, so on and so forth, right? So I think the idea here is let's have Stu become you know, that guy at the minor league level and maybe instill it even earlier in some of these players and, you know, have Warren Schaefer now, which is a really interesting choice, come up and be the third base coach. Uh, To me, the most interesting thing about Schaefer is that he's young. And I say that, (laughs) I feel like I get to use that in this context now and it's making me feel good because uh, Warren Schaefer, 37 years old, He's a year older than me, right? So we're, we're both very, very young is what I'm saying. That's young, you know, in this context, right? Uh, and he's he's kind of been a forever Rocky. He, he played in the Rockies organization as a minor leaguer. Uh, he moved over to the coaching side after it was clear that, you know, his playing career uh, wasn't going to go so well, but heck of a mind for the game. He's done really well. Success has kind of followed him throughout the minor leagues. He's got a really good relationship with the players uh they won uh, when he was in Asheville they 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 won a championship uh he had some really great years as the manager at Hartford he managed uh AAA Albuquerque last year uh or I, I think for the last where is it from 2020 to 2022 so for the last three seasons uh so he's got a lot of experience in the organization uh, in coaching he's done the third base coach thing and the manager thing throughout sometimes again uh, doing both, and he's he's a Rocky through and through. But I, I do wonder about that that younger voice. Uh, you know, the Rockies have some some pretty great coaches, and and some, but they're they're look they're old. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out a way to you know, Bud Black and some of these guys. They're they're they've got wisdom, they've got knowledge, they've got experience, and you need all of those things. But I wonder about having this type of energy or this type of new look outlook on the game. I think this could be a really good injection for the big league club to have uh, Warren Schaefer, somebody who's, you know, not just under 50, but under 40 uh, around these guys, a little closer to their era of baseball. And it's just nice to have another uh, different type of voice 
in the room. So despite the fact that he is, you know, a Rockies lifer, as it were, and, and people are often saying, go outside the organization and get some people. We're talking about third base coach. And again, I'll have to ask some questions about what are his other duties. He'll mostly be judged on, again, when he waves the arm and when he doesn't, right? Um, but I think him being around the team all the time is going to be really, really good for, if I dare, the vibes. So now let's talk a little shop, though. Let, let's get a little more in-depth uh, about this other one for the people who aren't impressed by the ooey-gooey, feel-good, gushy story of Warren Schaefer and, and aren't really buying any of that and just want them to go outside the organization. The Rockies have landed on a new hitting coach, and the new hitting coach is named Hensley Mullins. And this appears to be precisely the kind of thing that we have been asking for for some time. Now, I understand that a hitting coach is not a manager or a general manager or owner. Uh, <laughs> however, we've talked for years now about how the Rockies offense has been stuck in the mud, about how Coors Field often masks how bad they've truly been, about how it has oddly enough let down the pitching over and over again, and about how the approach is a big part of the reason why, as much as they play at a disadvantage on the road, their approach doesn't do them any favors. They've had too many guys over the last three, four years, really during the Magadan period, that have not lived up to their resumes, who either you know came in from outside the organization or couldn't be consistent when they were inside. Whatever it was, there's been too much inconsistency and underplaying from the offense. And so they bring in Mullins. Who is Mullins? He's 55. I was just talking about age or whatever, right? So so there you go. Uh, but here you go. What is his experience? Uh, this last season, he was the assistant hitting coach for the New York Yankees. Okay, that's outside the organization, isn't it? Apparently, he, throughout the game, he's known as Bam Bam Mullins. I probably won't call him that the first time I meet him, uh, but we'll see. I'll ask him. I say, so it's Bam Bam, you know, uh, but he has been coaching in baseball, uh, starting at the rookie level since 2003, uh, moved up to the major league level in uh, 2010, and immediately began helping the San Francisco Giants win World Series. From 2010 to 2017, he was with the San Francisco Giants as a, uh, in a coaching role, uh, oh, as a hitting coach, and then he was with the, he was a bench coach with them for the next season. So quite a bit of success and experience out there in San Francisco. He was with the Mets during the shortened 2020 season, and he had a 17-year-long major league career. And so, yeah, this is your new hitting coach for the Colorado Rockies, and this is as exciting as a hitting coach <laughs> announcement can be. I mean, I think there are fans who get more excited about names they're more familiar with. I, I know I saw on Twitter people saying things like Matt Holiday just got picked up by the Cardinals, right? People saying they should bring in Matt Holiday to be the hitting coach, or they should bring in Todd Helton to be the hitting coach or whatever. And it's like, those could, things could maybe work out. Uh, they did that once uh, a while back with Dante Bichette. And you know, it doesn't always work that way. Just being a good hitter or having been a good hitter and understanding Coors Field a little bit doesn't mean that you're necessarily a good instructor. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be able to understand 
other people's hitting styles. Uh, for example, I think that's one of the reasons why they brought Todd Helton in to work with Michael Tolia, because they have similar hitting styles, where, say, Ezekiel Tovar and Todd Helton might not have quite as much to talk about. And so, you know, I, I think if you're looking for somebody who isn't just a feel-good pick on the, hey, what if they brought in Larry Walker? Like, what about... Th this is the kind of reasoned sort of thoughtful outside the organization candidate that I think people, again, would very much prefer they consider for an even more important position. But it's hard to beat a resume of, you know, again, how much do you give the assistant hitting coach credit for what the New York Yankees just put together or whatever, that kind of offense, right? But those teams in San Francisco where they did get quite a bit out of an offense that didn't always have the the biggest superstar players, right? That was another team that was very much built around Matt Kane and Tim Lincecum and, and extraordinary pitching, right? But they were able to get enough out of their offense. They were able to come up with those big moments that they were able to win three World Series, right? So that's, I think, the kind of experience and ability and proven resume that the Rockies have often lacked when filling positions like this and have been fairly criticized for. And so they need to be fairly given credit when they go out and they get a guy like this who just came from, you know, not just one of the organization of baseball, right? The Yankees and the Dodgers really are the two, even though they don't win the World Series, <laughs> uh, they, those are the two standards for consistent competitiveness. And so when you go get a guy who is just with that organization and he says, yeah, I'll come out to Colorado and see if I can work with this group. You know, now it's on the front office to give him an even better group to work with, right? Go out and sign Brandon Nimmo or something. I'm sure you love, man, an on-base guy. You gotta love to have an on-base guy. So yes, to conclude again, none of these moves are massive. They're not going to, the Rockies have a lot to do. Um, but but I talked a, a lot throughout the season and, and I wrote a lot about how these things had to happen as well. This was really important. Uh, as much as they need to make some personnel changes, it, it needed to be recognized that there were too many players on the roster who underperformed their abilities and their expectations. And some of that had to fall on the coaching. And and even if it isn't 100% their fault and us on the outside can only ever know so much, even them on the inside can only ever know so much how much of it was the instruction or the player not taking to the instruction or a team-wide philosophy that even comes from above them and above their pay grade. There are a lot of questions to be answered here, but it's hard to argue with the Rockies bringing in, you know, I, like I said, I like the Schaefer move and I like Stu Cole you know, having more of an organization-wide effect on the younger players. But I think this Mullins choice is a clear win. And for people, anyone who has throughout the season, throughout the last couple of years, you know, kind of shaken their fist at the frustration of the Rockies' offense should be very, very pleased with this decision. Though I would like to hear comments out there on Twitter, hit me up or in the Discord channel. If you're not there, just slide on my DMs and ask me about it. And uh, yeah, other than that, just keep checking out all of the other content here as the seasons are in full swing for hockey and basketball over at milehighsports.com and of course on the Mile High Sports 
Podcast Network. Other than that, I can only ever ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.